Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom and Casper. I'm Simone de Rochefort. I'm a video producer at Polygon.com and I'm joined today by Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Developer Advocate at Microsoft. Hi, Christina. Hi, Simone. Bree isn't here. She's not. She's doing important networking things in um, San Jose, and we miss her and wish we could be with her. Um, I had a work conflict that uh, did not allow me to go to WWDC, and so I, I missed everyone. But uh, but it's still going to be an awesome show because it's you and me, and uh, not as great as if Brie were here, but uh, we're Do still going to bring you all the news. you usually go to WWDC? Like when, when was the last one you missed? Last year. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, duh, of course. Cause- because that was that was like <laughs> literally like that was like a week after I'd started at Microsoft. So yeah, that Silly. would have been like a weird. It would have been a weird thing for me to be like, uh, so can I leave and, and go to this developer conference? The traitor. It's not part of my job. The traitor uh, has arrived. <laughs> well, um, although what's funny is that this year I watched the keynote in um kind of like a, an auditorium sort of area with a bunch of the um, Office for Mac developers um, on a uh, projector, which was funny. And then uh, I was wearing an Apple t-shirt with my Microsoft hoodie, but it got hot in the afternoon. And so at lunch, I had my hoodie wrapped around my waist. So I'm just like walking oh. around the cafeteria in my Apple shirt and no one said anything but I did get some looks, just like not even like 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 people giving me the death stare because that that wasn't going to happen. But people just seeming a little just kind of like, like a, huh, that's a choice that you made. Look, exactly, exactly. No, I, I put it on Twitter just to prove because I, I think I think that people like were like, no, you're not going to do that. I'm like, it's Apple Day. Yes, I am. It's Apple Day, <laughs> and you're Christina Warren. No. Right fashion or the no rules have ever stopped you from doing what you want precisely Precisely. i was gonna say fashion rules but i guess it's more of a like this some people would see this as maybe a break in decorum uh yeah decorum rules that's the word maybe and and i'm thinking i'm like no this is good like come on like we're all in this together for me we are all okay let's keep on the the microsoft topic because we're actually talking about microsoft buying github today we're just going to cover this briefly so microsoft acquired github for 7.5 billion dollars which is part of what was that in stock in stock uh, which is part of their cloud-first reorganization efforts. And Nat Friedman will become the new CEO of GitHub. Mm-hmm. Christina, can you tell on the podcast the funny story about your bad joke that you <laughs> told over Facebook <laughs> chat? Um, I, I This was, I think, entirely coincidental. In fact, I feel positive for this, but I, I did at one point um, this was months ago. Made I made some sort of joke about when Microsoft was just going to buy GitHub already, and and my perception is that there were some awkward glances in the room um, when I made that <laughs> when I made that remark. So that said, I was still very surprised but very excited by the news. Um, yes. I think anybody who's followed Microsoft um, over the past couple of years, especially kind of um, the total 180 and and from my perspective it's been a genuine 180 i do understand why people are concerned but but from my perspective and especially the team that i work on it it's completely legit 
um, commitment so some to open of the source. Concerns are from developers in GitHub thinking or having concerns that Microsoft is going to sort of silo them in in, in working in Windows, right. or that there will be some ownership of GitHub projects. Is that basically yeah, how I th- well, the concerns I think- go? Yeah, and I think, honestly, the the most silly concern is the one that, oh, Microsoft now can see into any of your project repositories. Um, A, as as they've said, that the companies are going to be running, you know, independently. Nat Friedman, who has a very long history in open source, like one of the most uh, long histories out there, his company um, that he co-founded uh, with Miguel de Queza, uh, Xamarin, was, was acquired by Microsoft two years ago. He's continued to work on open source efforts at Microsoft. Um, he has, he like knows his stuff. Um, I, I, have met him. He's a really good guy. He's probably one of the best types of people you could think of to run a company like GitHub, irrespective of whether Microsoft acquired the company or not. Like, I think that if, if GitHub hadn't been acquired and, and Nat had gone to join them as CEO, that would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. But, but some of the concerns, A, I think people thinking, oh, Microsoft can look into our code repositories. A, um, I, you know, that, it's my opinion that's silly because that completely negates the the very real legal challenges that doing anything like that would would cause. Um, and it, you know what I mean, like that that's that's the sort of move that would literally like get you sued out of existence. Uh, <laughs> B, if you're going to make that argument, you could make the same argument about anybody who trusts anything to any public cloud, whether it's Amazon or or, or uh, Microsoft or, or Google or or um, Oracle or, or anyone, and and, and so. You know, um, companies work with people who are their competitors. I understand maybe some people saying, oh, I don't feel comfortable with that. But the reality is, is, you know, like Samsung and Apple are partners when it comes to supplying chips to one another and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the broader concern is that somehow the culture around GitHub will change and that it will go from being where it has been right now, which is agnostic and hasn't been focused on any specific cloud. So, you know, you could integrate it with with Amazon or with um, Google or with um, Microsoft or with, you know, name your own cloud here just as easily. And that it, there might be more of a focus on on making things only work with Azure or that there could be changes that would be more focused on the Microsoft developer ecosystem rather than the current developer ecosystem. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I understand that concern for, for from developers Again, all I can say is, like, from my perspective, knowing um, Nat and knowing, you know, the fact that uh, what what Microsoft's approach to open source and things like that have been, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I do understand why people are concerned, but I don't think that's going to happen. And if anything, I think that, you know, um, it does Microsoft no good to change what makes GitHub GitHub. And, and the big difference between GitHub and any other coding repository is that social graph, is the fact that it has so many users, even people who might not actively be developing on it might still follow projects and um, find ways to either, you know, do their own little forks, their own changes and whatnot. And, And as a discovery mechanism, it's really, really powerful. And so it doesn't make any sense to spend all this money on a company to then do things to knowingly disrupt the community, if that makes sense. To play devil's advocate to that point, many a company has acquired a company to 
gut it. I don't think oh, that's totally. going to happen here. But yes. it doesn't it doesn't make sense. You're right. You're no, right. no, you're right. And 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 certainly there have been good acquisitions and bad acquisitions. I mean, again though, I think that like if you look at Xamarin, which was, you know, Nat Freeman's company that Microsoft acquired two years ago, they still run relatively independently. Um, you know, their most of their employees are are based in um Boston, although a few of them are in some other places, some are in Canada. Um Actually, you know, that was kind of an open source kind of based company. They, yeah. So uh, they've actually open sourced more stuff. So uh, the, the Xamarin um, desktop app, uh, like their IDE, their, um, uh, you know, developer environment for, for helping people build, um, you know, iOS or um, Android apps was not open source when Microsoft bought the company. Now Visual Studio for Mac is open source. So it, it's actually interesting that, that they've become more open rather than less. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that a lot of the things that they're doing have um, had a good impact on kind of the overall like kind of ecosystem within Microsoft. So I think it's really exciting. I understand the knee-jerk reaction. Um, my, my comment, the only thing I've kind of said, you know, I said this on Twitter, is that, you know, I can only speak for myself. Um, I'm not speaking for anyone else, but the reason I took a job at Microsoft and the reason I'm there and the reason I'm happy and proud to work there is because I see this as, you know, we can buy GitHub and not f*** up. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, bottom line. And and I think that I, I don't know what the financial situation was with GitHub. Uh, reports say that they weren't profitable and investors at some point are going to want to return on their investment. And so that leaves and you with limited despite options. Despite that, you were saying that after the acquisition, Microsoft stocks haven't gone down as they might have no. done, as often happens when companies spend large amounts of money. Yeah, no, no, it hasn't. I mean, the market's reacted very positively to this news. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you know, it, because I think that this is a long play, this, this isn't necessarily a, a purchase to try to say, okay, well, how can we make a bajillion dollars off of GitHub? I think it's more like, how can we take aspects of GitHub that we're already working with? And this is, I think, important too, is that Microsoft and GitHub had been partners for a long time. Um, there was kind of a joke, uh, uh, Miguel actually made made a joke on on Twitter where he was saying, you know, it's just, uh, it was cheaper to buy GitHub than pay for our private repositories. <laughs> um, that's overstating things, obviously, but the amount of um, code and, and, and projects um, and employees that use GitHub at Microsoft is extensive. And so we were using them and, and, and giving code back and um, working with them and integrating them with, with our other tooling things already. And so there was already a relationship there, which is good. Um, but I, I think that, you know, um, I, if, if let's just say it wasn't Microsoft, it would be potentially another company. And, and in fact, there have been reports that in addition to talking to Microsoft, there have been talks with Google and with um, mm-hmm. Amazon uh, about, you know, or not Amazon, um, Atlassian, about potential acquisitions. So from my perspective, I mean, you don't have to be happy that GitHub is is no longer public. I get that. Or private, whatever, uh, whatever you know, independent entity. I get that. But if it's not going to be Microsoft, it would have been someone else. And me personally, just knowing, you know, what I know, Mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable about the future of the company as it stands. Cool. Um, so I, I'm excited about it, but but obviously, you know, I but as I said, I do understand people's knee jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say is it's it's fine to be skeptical. It's fine to feel uneasy. I would sometimes prefer if people's reasons why something is is doomed would not be based on what are sometimes twenty year old 
facts. Or, you know? or, or even 20-year-old memes in the case of the truly fantastic memes that uh, The Verge posted yeah. today of uh, <laughs> Clippy being put into GitHub. Yes, yes. <laughs> which I love. Although, can I totally be honest? Yeah. Part of me wouldn't hate that. Like, part of me is almost like, I wouldn't mind notifications. Like, actually, there might be a conflict here. Like, part of me would kind of love it. But you're right. Exactly. Like, those sorts of things. It's like, but what people Better are like bringing... compiling and then finding the mistake then. No, <laughs> it exactly. Like you're writing a conflict into your code. Would you like to rethink that? Which, like, might be useful. But no, <laughs> you're right. You're right. But no, it's one of those things where... And some of the memes have been really funny, and I, I've laughed at some of them really hard. But but no, but sometimes I look at some of the the, the criticisms, and and they're bringing up things. Oh, it wasn't that many years ago that Microsoft said this and this and this, and then like you find the quote, and it's from two thousand one, and you're like, okay. oh, it was that many years ago. <laughs> I, I was I was like, dude, like it's two thousand eighteen, like different CEO, different management, different goal set. I understand, as I said, people being uneasy, but. But I think we'll like, probably end up revisiting this episode next week or, oh, God. Yeah, next week when Brie is back, too, because I'm sure that as a developer, she has her own two definitely. cents to add. Uh, Without a doubt. As a non-developer a and uh, an ignorant person in general, <laughs> no. I can only play devil's advocate. Which is fair. Um, I would say, though, it, it was, and it's, it's funny timing on this because we did actually interview um, Ed Thompson, who works on the VSTS team in um, on, on Git. Um, a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. at Build, and he actually also used to work at GitHub. Oh. And so, so he was at Microsoft, then he was at GitHub, and now he's at Microsoft. And I, again, and when we were talking, he was talking about kind of the transition of moving Microsoft all onto Git. Now that's not onto GitHub, that's onto Git. They're, they're, they're different. But um, if you listen, if you go back and if you listen to that episode, I think you can kind of hear some of Microsoft's approach to how it's, it's treating open source tooling and, and that sort of thing. And so... That's cool. For anybody who wants more stuff, that's we'll, we'll uh, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, put it in the show notes. Listen to our Get Champions episode because that was just kind of a funny, huh? Who knew? Because because I, I won't lie. I remember when we did that interview, I was like, "How are we going to like? How will this ever be relevant?" <laughs> this this is, the, the interview with Ed was actually amazing. It was really fun. But I was like, I, I don't think we're ever going to reference this again. And then, like, but and here we are. Here we are today. <laughs> And this episode of Rocket is brought to you by our friends at Pingdom. The reason Pingdom are awesome is because they help you keep your sites and the sites that you love online. And those are the two things that we hold closest to our hearts here at Rocket are our sites and the sites that we love. Pingdom monitors your site so that you don't have to and gives you real-time feedback so that you know exactly what's going on at all times. Because... Let's be real. Stuff breaks on the internet all the time. Every month. All the time. Pingdom detects. Christina, how get, how many outages do you think Pingdom d- detects a month? I don't even want to guess because I would be wrong. But I want I, you to a, guess. It's a guessing game. A bajillion. Game. A bajillion. Oh, you're no fun. It's 13 million. 13 million? That's more than 400,000 outages every day. Wow. Yeah. So whether you have a small website or whether you're managing a whole complete infrastructure, it is super important to monitor its availability and performance because someday someone's going to contact you and be like, hey, I tried to do this thing on your website and I I couldn't. And then you'll freak out. Don't freak out. You don't have to. It's so easy to be aware constantly of the health of your site. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor and they take care of the rest. 
So you can go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up at the end of that trial, that's when you use the offer code ROCKET to get 13, 30, 30, 30, 30 off of your first invoice. Okay, so pingdom.com slash RelayFM, that's P-I-N-G, D-O-M dot com slash Relay FM. Gonna say all my M's and N's right now. (laughs) And at checkout, uh, after your 14-day free trial, 30% off your invoice with offer code ROCKET. So thank you so much, Pingdom, for your support of ROCKET and Relay FM. Yeah! Woohoo! As we are well aware, the other thing happening this week is WWDC, where our very own... Lovely Brianna Wu is holding court, meeting people, shaking hands, saying hi, probably talking to all of you right now while we're sitting home on our respective yeah. beds. I can only imagine. I'm on my well, bed. I'm, I'm, I'm in my office, but um, I was in my bed re- like earlier. So, yeah. If I was some kind of child emperor, I would have an office too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually thinking about trying to get a, uh, a futon the office oh heck yeah that's the you know, dream like have that have a desk but then have like a couch that folds out into a bed guest room baby th- that's what that this is exactly my thought i'm like that way guest room or like maybe like some nights i'm just like playing Fortnite really late yeah, and maybe you are don't want to and don't want to walk five feet yo I don't when know. Fortnite comes out on switch <gasps> so christine asked me before the show what my e3 predictions were and i was too shell-shocked and tired to think of any um and i i truly don't have any but the rumor that i'm most excited about is Fortnite on switch which is all but confirmed i think as of this recording oh, yeah. um and also uh, uh, obvious <laughs> i'm pretty sure we could have called that like what the when Fortnite first blew up oh yeah yeah no but and then when they brought it to mobile <laughs> No, I was going to say, well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, like, what has the bigger impact on Fortnite, Fortnite on Android or Fortnite on Switch. I mean, Android obviously has way more install base, but I'm kind of scared of and- of the Android version, to be honest, because mm-hmm. you know how many, you know, freaking, like, 12-year-olds are going to snipe me. Yes. Well, not even that. I'm, I'm really more thinking about people who are going to have trainers and all kinds of cheats and all kinds of oh, other yeah. crap, you know, that's going to really just kind of ruin it in a way where you're like, <sighs> Yeah, like honestly, having pl- and this is a whole word diverting. We're, no, I'm not we diverting. I'm bringing us no, back. No, yeah, no, no, no. Let's go di- divert, and then we'll go back to WWDC. Let's finish this. Go I on. was gonna say, I just I hate um, playing shooters on my phone because just mm-hmm. turning and looking around is such a difficult and stressful experience. And I know that yes, I could plug so- a controller in to help me do that, but That's the use pain. case of playing a freaking game on the train. No, I would rather play it on my Switch where that's not an issue at all because it has thumbsticks like a regular ass game. Exactly, Um, exactly. I mean, the controls are good because I was going to say like Fortnite on mobile is kind of crappy unless you have a controller. And so, but like you, like... I enjoy playing it on iPad. That was fun. Yes. But again, like not something you'd be holding up on the train. No, and the thing is like... when I'm on, yeah, when I'm on the bus in the mornings, like I would actually love to play Fortnite, but I don't want to do it on mm-hmm. my phone, and I could do it on my laptop over that Wi-Fi. But then everything the Wi-Fi about is the not Switch really meant for that. Perfect. It's the ideal console. 
Exactly. It's and perfect. I was going to say, out I was it. like, that's the thing. Like the, 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 the switch version will be amazing. And I think it reinforces why the switch was our favorite product last year and why it's like the best keeping platform like of this generation. Actually, I think I am really curious to see it. Cause I know there were some complaints when doom came out on switch about just cause it's such a fast game. Like it's made to be played 60 FPS and everything. People were complaining about the way that it looked on switch. I am curious to see how Fortnite works on that console like i feel like for for my skill level and everything and my savviness i'll be fine with it unless it's totally laggy but i i do understand i guess the the more sophisticated uh (laughs) the more sophisticated gamer objecting (laughs) oh no and i totally get that too but i feel like those people would would definitely not be satisfied with the ios or the android version that's fair so I mean, I think to me, it's probably going to be that type of experience, but actually better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like if you really want to play Fortnite, I mean, yeah. Get Stay home. Your PC. Hey, Stay speaking home, of exactly. iOS, wow, let's talk about uh, the first big news item from WWDC. All the updates to iOS with iOS 12, which will be coming out for all the devices that iOS 11 is on. I think that's yeah. back to the 6S Plus, or is it the 6 Plus? It's the six plus, so the it'll be plus. actually. Actually, I might even go back to the five S. Let me see. Wow, um, I am so looking, Christina. For the f- first time in my friggin' life, I'm looking forward to uh, when my now that I'm in the Apple program, getting the new iPhone um, on the yearly cycle. Oh god, yeah, no, it'll work on the five S. So long. What was that? It'll it'll go all the way back to the five S. Nice. All right. Um, I still have my objections to stupid face recognition and balls, but I did touch an iPhone 10 yesterday, one of the silver ones, and I didn't realize that they basically look like mother of pearl. Anyway, this mm-hmm. is neither here nor there. iOS It's 12. beautiful, is it not? That's what color I have. I have the silver one, and I love it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Speed improvements uh, in things like photo or opening uh, the camera in the keyboard, in opening apps, um, a lot of other exciting stuff, too. So, Christina, the thing that you pointed out to me in chat uh, as one of the very exciting things is Memoji, which oh, yeah. are the Animoji that you can design to look like yourself. Um, and I think uh, having watched highlights of the conference, my favorite part was definitely uh, the use of the phrase tongue detection. Yes. Which yes. now Animoji will be able to do when you make facial expressions in with using the animoji uh you can stick out your tongue and the animoji will also stick out their tongue so this is groundbreaking technology finally we can have tongues finally sexting is truly going to reach a pinnacle i think in my opinion do you agree i do i do i also feel really bad for uh no i don't but no you for, don't for, for, for for bitmoji and for snap <laughs> like like snap like evan spiegel's like his life has been really bad i mean okay he's a billionaire Listen. and married to miranda care so he's fine so i don't really again i don't feel and he called and he called one friend old and told and refused to talk to another friend because he didn't have a five-year plan and this guy was like 22 don't you so, dare defend evan spiegel to me <laughs> no I'm, I'm i'm not good I, i'm saying this is why all the reasons he's bad so but but i do look at this i'm like oh man you know Bitmoji got Sherlocked um, after, you know, Instagram is, has killed, you know, Snapchat and now, now even like Bitmoji is dead because mm-hmm. why would anybody use Bitmoji when you could use Memoji? I don't know. I mean, I guess if you did. Oh, my God. Hold up. 
is Bitmoji going to be the green bubble <gasps> of emoji? Uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's ah, awkward. Classism. Okay. But we've settled it. Um, <laughs> I, th- this is again, one of the reasons that I am slightly more excited about being able to, or I guess I uh, know. Yeah. Cause no, cause I don't have an emoji cause I don't have the iPhone 10, I, the iPhone 10, but you yeah, will, but in, I will, and in, 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 you will in the next one. And, and like, I'm not, I have not installed iOS 12 on my iPhone 10 because I just don't feel comfortable on like a, a device that I use for work stuff doing that. Yeah. But the reason that I'm like mad, I, I've, I'm, I'm, I've put it on my iPhone 7 Plus and, um, you know, just to play around with it. But the problem is, is that the one feature, like the one feature I really care about is the Memoji and I can't play <laughs> with it. So I'm going to have to wait until the public, the public beta. Soon. All right. Uh, another thing coming to iOS 12 that's exciting uh, is custom actions for Siri. Mm-hmm. So th- basically you can set commands for Siri and she will do things automatically when you when you say those commands. Uh, the example that they used was having like a, an I'm on my way home setting so that Siri could like let people know she would she would like text your kids when you say, OK, I'm on my way home. Siri would then text your kids and that message rather than you saying hey siri text this person and this person and this person that i am on my way home yeah as i I like that i like that um this is kind of a building off of so a few years ago apple acquired um a really great ios app called workflow and workflow is kind of like an automation app for ios and it had plugins with a lot of third parties and apple bought it and remarkably you know kept it fairly open and and Mm -hmm. have made improvements to it um, but this, and even like the the icon is very reminiscent of the workflow icon. Like it's it's, it's very similar. Mm. And so it's, it's, they're kind of taking the workflow things, but making it more consumer friendly. Because workflow is definitely one of those like, you know, like power user apps. It's not one of those apps that like mm-hmm. my mom would use. Whereas my mom could conceivably use um, these Siri actions. So yeah, no, I think that's cool. Um, I like that they're doing that. I'm still not convinced that Siri herself um, is going to necessarily be smart enough to um, yes. do everything that I need her to do. Yes, I think it was The Verge that said uh, this: uh, Siri, Siri is getting updated, but it's not the one that you want necessarily. And we talked about making her smarter in our WWDC predictions episode and in a way like like she she's getting new functionality she is getting smarter but this is something that might work better in google assistant for example yeah i'm so excited about it no i think that's good and i'm really excited about the notification improvements because um notifications on ios are a disaster i don't know how much better this will make things but at least they're addressing that um, and I also do appreciate the focus, as boring as it might be, on stability, because I think all of us can kind of agree that iOS 11 hasn't been the most stable release. Um, there have definitely been some some problems with it. And so uh, this isn't quite a, a Snow Leopard um, situation. Mm-hmm. Snow Leopard famously, you know, Apple said zero new features, just focused on stability. There are obviously a lot of new features, but I do appreciate the the fact that they are focusing on performance, especially on older devices. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh we've also got uh FaceTime getting an update. You can do group FaceTimes finally uh, up to 32 people, which is ridiculous. 
but I'm excited about this because this is great for calling my family, for example. Yeah. No, or for friends. I mean, like, this is going to be, because already, because this has been, honestly, a, a big problem for FaceTime for a long time, is that you've had these other, you know, video chat platforms that'll let you call multiple people. Can't do it on FaceTime, but yet FaceTime is so great because, you know, you can call multiple devices. And if you're all in on kind of the Apple thing, it, it works just seamlessly. The audio and the video quality is really good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm stoked. Um, I'm, I'm very excited about group FaceTime. And uh, I look forward to group, group FaceTiming with you in the future, Simone. <laughs> Since we're in the iPhone family. That's why it wouldn't work with my friends because people would be excluded. It wouldn't be fair. Yeah, no, I mean, I have some green bubble people, but, like, it's getting fewer and fewer. Like, I find shaming really does. Don't really shame do. people for their phones. I mean, I'm not shaming them if they're like, this is all I can afford. Like, there's no shaming there. But, like, if someone's actively like, I'm buying a, a Galaxy S9, like. It's a good phone, Christina. Yeah, but that just means that we can't iMessage or FaceTime. And, like, that's a problem. Or share an emoji. Right. Thank you. This is a real problem. Like, I'm in a couple of, 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 of group chats where all of us but one person are on the iPhone and we all react and, like, Oh, it's freaking say, impossible, you know, that vote. group chats cross-platform. It's absolutely and, impossible. Right. So so we, we all, you know, do, like, the hearts loved this. And then it, the text so-and-so loved this. And the, per, the, the one, like, lone person will be like, what is all this stuff? And they're like, and I'm just, like, honest. I'm like, if you had an iPhone, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Um, and <laughs> See, I'm sensitive to that because I've been the the person who like didn't get the messages. Remember that night that I I yeah. didn't get any messages, and then like seventy of them came in at once. That were the plans that I was a part of theoretically. Oh. But <laughs> no, no, I completely right. I mean, and look, I I I make I make no apologies for the fact that I am totally a blue bubble elitist. And I know that is a character flaw. I'm not claiming that it's not. I'm just saying um, I'm excited about the the, the, the group FaceTiming. It's going to be good. Um, do we want to talk about, let's briefly touch on photos. So photos is getting uh, what I am calling a Google Photos update. Yeah. Uh, they're adding a For You tab in photos that will offer suggestions um, for edits that you could make or things that you could upload from the nice dinner that you had. Oh, you should upload these ones. Uh, I think it's one of those creepy things. I honestly, yeah. I I appreciate the suggestions of edits. I appreciate, like, I love the automatic, the backup in Google Photos. I, I don't know that I want suggestions, like social sharing suggestions. Right. You should share this with so-and-so. You look really no. good here. No. Get out of my life. Well, and here's my only thing with it. Like, I'm glad that they're trying to compete with Google Photos because at least that acknowledges that Google Photos is better than Apple Photos because it is. But I don't know. I still don't trust. the A, as you said, this still has a creepy aspect to it. And then if I'm being honest, I don't trust that this is going to be any better than Google Photos. I still feel like yeah. if I'm going to have to choose one creepy, like, choice, Google's at least going to do a better job. Yeah. Absolutely. I I totally agree with that. Uh, And we've got, okay, moving on from iOS 12, macOS Mojave. Bring me that dark mode, baby. Bring me the dark mode. Literally, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yes, that's all I need to know about it. Yeah, basically same. I mean, I would, I mean, obviously a rose gold mode would be the ideal 
that if I can't have Yikes. rose gold mode, <laughs> if I can't have rose gold mode, then dark mode will do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So among other non-cosmetic, although I would say dark mode is, it may be cosmetic, but it's also very helpful for eyes. My no, eyes. It is. My eyes too. And, and I'm excited. Like so many apps over the years have kind of adopted a dark mode philosophy that this will make sense. I mean, you and I, we use, we spend a lot of time in, in Adobe apps and, and those all have that beautiful dark oh, mode. And so, so nice. I, you know, and in Apple's pro apps as well. And so I'm very excited. My text editor has a dark mode. Like basically everything I use with the exception of, you know, some of like, I guess maybe my email client. Um, oh, that means Skype. the Office 360. Yeah, well, but you can get like a, a, a theme, I think, for Skype. I don't True. know. But um, Outlook now needs to have a dark mode. Oh, does Facebook have a dark mode? I don't think it does. I don't think so. YouTube does, now. though, now. YouTube does, YouTube. and it's freaking fantastic. It is fantastic. Although and, it makes and, my screenshots very ugly. Yeah, so that's the only thing is when I'm doing screenshots, I'm not doing, uh, I, I usually don't do that. Oh, I will say that's, uh, that's another good um, um, Mac OS feature is that they're bringing some of the screenshot goodness from iOS to Mac OS. Oh, my um, God, yes. I, I was very excited about that. As someone who has, as, as I said on Twitter, has been, like, spent hundreds potentially thousands of hours doing screenshots. And I wish that I could say that that was like hyperbole. That is absolutely not. Mm. Um, my current job, I might not do it as much as in my old job, but I still do a whole lot of screenshots. This excites me. You know, it excites me even more. What? If I could use an Apple Pencil on my iMac <sighs> or my MacBook to do the markup for the stuff. Hmm. See, hmm. mm-hmm. so if there was some kind of screen that you could touch, yeah, is that I what mean, you're I'm, saying? I, I am, and the thing is, I'm not even asking for like full touch screen, like Mac support, but like you know, Apple Pencil support would be badass. Is mm-hmm. all I'm saying. That'd be super cool. They are updating Quick Look, so when you preview something, you can do minor photo edits in that. Uh, and as well as like text markup, like you can sign things in Quick Look, which I think is pretty cool. Like I like just that. adding little bits of functionality to something that, it, to be honest, it, like I will open a photo in preview nine times out of ten when I actually mean to open it, open it, and. <laughs> um but yeah so that's very cool safari updates so big privacy updates to safari uh so they are making it so that safari has a feature that preemptively blocks for example facebook um so when facebook has those add-ons on other sites like where you can like the post with the Facebook like button on that site or comment using Facebook on that post. Safari is preemptively blocking that. So it'll ask you for permission. I Um, love it. Yeah. It's such a (sighs) move, but I love it so much. It is such a move. Like it's one of those things where I'm like, man, all those websites that have adopted Facebook comments Mm -hmm. are, are well, um, well, okay. It's actually two things. One, they're like going to be mad, but then they're actually going to look at the market share for Safari on the desktop and they're going to be like, eh, Eh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't even use Safari. Uh, and I certainly don't. Like, the only thing I use Safari on is my phone. Uh, and I certainly don't log into Facebook in the browser on my phone. Um, but I, I do like the gesture. And I love the idea of uh, it, it sounds very healthy to me to not be able to see Facebook comments on websites because I am constantly compulsively reading them. 
No, I really like it. I'm 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 excited by all of this, and and uh, I mean I think they're good moves, and I I do understand. It was actually funny to see Facebook's uh, chief privacy officer or or whatever Alex Stamos getting butthurt about it on Twitter. Look, Alex, totally understand where you're coming from. <laughs> if I were in your position, I'd be I'd be butthurt too. But also, it's kind of in some cases a bad look where you're like, dude, do you, is this really the the hole you want to like like die on? like the hill yeah. you want to die on like. Come on. Are you really trying? Are you're you really be trying okay. to like? Like, let's be uh, real. Well, also, you're going to be okay, but also, like, take the L, dude. Like, everybody knows that your 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 privacy stuff yeah. is not great. Like, yeah. Take the so, L. like, the, the bigger picture here is, of course, that this doesn't just mean oh, you won't be able to like something on Facebook or see it, see Facebook comments on a, a third party website. Facebook won't be able to see you, right? Which is- <laughs> burying the lead there um which i I think is great and fair and i would be interested to see if other browsers adopt similar things i can't really see that happening Uh, no maybe as a firefox firefox could i could see firefox doing it um google no because i think that that would raise concerns because because the problem with google is if google does something like that they're obviously not going to do it for any of their own tracking yeah. And so that's then going Does to raise open them questions. To, yeah. Potential liability. criticisms or at least I don't know liability, but I mean to me, I'm not a lawyer or an antitrust person, but if I were a company who, you know, was a, a competitor in some ways, like say Facebook and and they're doing these things on, you know, against Facebook but not against their own platform, that would be something that I might have a lot of problems with. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But yeah, Firefox might brave that browser that no one uses. Um, <laughs> might. I do like it on on iOS. Uh, I, I still don't like their business model um, and, uh, you know, um, at all. But um, where they're like, we're going to get rid of ads um, and then pay money directly to the publishers, but the publishers have to sign up with us. Yeah. First. That's, like, hmm. I, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm not into that. Like either, either own it or not. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. I. So we'll see. But 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 I'm. It's cool that they're doing that. The other big Safari news is that they're finally adding fave icons to tabs because it'll finally be you know 2008 or whatever. Um. In in Safari Land. Um. Congratulations. Oh. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> to joining the rest of the world, guys. No, I mean like. I'm glad that they listen to users. I, I, and, and I know people on the Safari team and I like them very, very much, but I'm not going to give you a cookie for finally adding a feature that literally every web browser has had like since the dawn of time. So I, for one, applaud them. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by our friends at Casper. Woohoo! Casper are the company focused on sleep and they're dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. You spend... Oh, Christina, guessing game. Guessing game. How much of your life do you spend sleeping? A third of your life. God darn it. If you spend... Yeah, you spend a third of your life sleeping. Congratulations. No, I'm happy for you. Thank you for playing my game. I was. I, I actually wasn't even trying to, like, get that right. I was just assuming I was, like, eight hours a night. That's a third of... Anyway. Did You, you did math? I did, I did do math. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Okay, we have to move on now. If you spend a third of your life doing anything, you want to make sure it's the best it can possibly be. And that's why you need Casper. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. Who's got all the right support in all the right places? 
Just like how Christina has all the right math in all the right places. <laughs> I mean, hey, you did say geometry, so. Oh, hey. True. Those are maths. <laughs> so what goes into making Casper mattresses so comfortable? Let me tell you, they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. They are designed and developed in the U.S., and their breathable design helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night. They have over 20,000 reviews with an average rating of 4.8 stars, and it's a 5 for me, Christina, as I sit on the mattress that Casper sent me right now. I record every podcast on it. I should find out when I got the mattress so I can count how many hours I've spent recording podcasts on it and how much of my life that is. Yeah, I was going to say, at this point, you've probably spent like more than a third of your life at least from this point, like from the How time old it, do you going think forward. I am? <laughs> no, 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 no. What I mean is, is like from the time you got the Casper mattress to now, you've probably spent more than a third of your life on it just because you do other things on it because it's so comfortable. Oh, God, you can that's do things true. Like record podcasts. That's what I'm saying. Because I'm, I'm playing the video games, I'm recording the podcasts, and reading Same. the books. Oh, man. That's what I'm saying. Now, I don't have a Casper mattress, but I do have the Casper sheets. Ooh. How are and they? And I got to sit. It's really freaking good. I forgot that there were Casper sheets. I just almost Googled Casper streets, which is not what I want to do. But Casper sheets. I need new sheet sets. Thank you. Wow, derail. Hey, you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They'll deliver the mattress directly to your door in a cool box, and then you'll just pop it out like a big old marshmallow, and it'll inflate in your room, and you'll sleep on it and be like, hey, I love it. But if for any reason you don't love it, Casper has a hassle-free return policy. So if yeah. you want $50 towards select mattresses, you can visit casper.com slash rocket. That's C-A-S-P-E-R dot com slash rocket. And use the offer code rocket at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. So that is again casper.com slash rocket and the offer code rocket. Let's Ooh. look at these sheets. Oh, heck yeah. These are so much more mature than the sheets that I have now. Well, what I like about them is because the thing is, is that the this whole, you know, like realm of the, you know, foam mattresses is that they're really thick, which is awesome. But it means a lot of your sheets don't go over all the way. And so they might fit a little bit. And then the next thing you know, when you're sleeping on it, like the, the, the fitted sheet, like mm-hmm. is, is now not fitted anymore and and that's annoying the nice thing about the casper uh sheets is that they fit really really well for for a deep nice. thick uh mattress and and they're they're very soft i like them very Duvet much covers okay i gotta stop okay anyway <laughs> you heard me casper.com slash rocket thank you so much casper for support of rocket and relay fm Let's go back to WWDC for a second because yeah. the one final thing I kind of wanted to mention on the Mac side is that the the redesigned Mac App Store. Mm. Um, Tell me about so it. What's interesting about that? A, it's it's there. It's getting the same kind of editorial vision that the iOS App Store has, so that's good. Seems like they're finally remembering that the Mac App Store does exist. But what's more interesting to me, and I'm not really sure what's behind this. I'm going to try to dig a little bit deeper and see how much information I can find out that I can get on the record to tell people that will be the challenge, um, <laughs> is that a number of uh, companies that have been in the App Store before and left, or some that have never been in the App Store, are coming to the App Store. So for instance, Microsoft Office 365 will be available in the App Store. 
Um, Transmit 5 from Panic will be in the App Store. Um, uh, BB Edit, the latest version of that, which they were in the App Store and then they left, they will be back. Um, there's some other apps coming as well. Some of these things look like it might be because some of these companies left because of uh, monetary concerns. Um, mm-hmm. There were there were issues where they were like, you know, we don't make enough money selling our, our, our products here. Apple doesn't offer a, a way to do upgrades. And, um, you know, our support costs and, and all this stuff, the 30% that Apple takes, it's just not worth it. We're going to sell directly to the customer instead. And then some of the concerns, though, were about sandboxing requirements. And I know that historically that was probably an issue with Office. That was definitely an issue with, with apps like Transmit, mm-hmm. um, where there were differences in what versions could do. So, like, Transmit, which is a, a, a um, an FTP SSH type of um, app, you know, file transfer app, needs to access certain parts of the system that, in the past, the Mac App Store wouldn't let you do. And so it'll be interesting to see if there, and I haven't gone through the WWDC sessions that have posted yet, to know enough of this to see if they've started to relax some of those sandboxing requirements. And if that means now that the apps will be able to to do more. And if that's the case, that could be a really good thing and really help invigorate where the Mac App Store is. Mm-hmm. My, my, my larger question um, is, what is Apple going to do to help developers in the Mac app store make money. Mm. Like I know, for instance, Panic, what their model is, it seems, is that they will sell a perpetual license for Transmit 5 from their website, which is how I bought it. Um, and it's a, it's a great app if you need an FTP or um, SSH or, or um, you know, it works with Dropbox and with Box and with Azure and with AWS and with Backblaze and with other services. If you need um, like a file, a file transfer app, I highly recommend it. It's a good one. But they had, um, they sell, um, uh, it'll be a subscription mm-hmm. in the Mac App Store versus like a standalone license um, if you buy it directly from them. So okay. that's interesting. So I don't know how much they'll be charging a month or, or if it'll be yearly or what it'll do, but that's an interesting kind of model. And that's interesting to see, is that what they're doing? Are they changing, you know, is that how they're trying to kind of convince developers to come back by being like, we're going to, you know, offer you more subscription options. And then the developers are thinking, okay, well, I can try this option to make money this way. Whereas I was doing this and the other thing. So I'm not really sure, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting, as I said, to kind of see how, how that turns out. But, uh, but it does seem like some changes are coming to, to the Mac app store. Um, there's also some things, and I wish Brie were here to talk about it because I would love her take. They are deprecating mm-hmm. OpenGL and OpenCL on the Mac in favor of Metal. Um, I, that obviously this stuff will still work, but I don't know how long those things will work. Like if it'll if it'll work in the next version of Mac OS or, or what. And it'll be interesting to see what impact that has, I think, on game makers. Um, yeah, because that's going to be a good topic for y- for, for, for next Brie. week. Yeah, absolutely. There's also they are they've made it clear that this is the last version of Mac OS that will support 32-bit apps. On the one hand, I feel like that's fine because. By and large, I mean, Apple has been supporting 64-bit for, I think, more than a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, I, you know, I, I do wonder, like, how many apps and how many older games and things like that are going to maybe be impacted. But mm-hmm. anyway, so those, but those are my final Mac thoughts. Christina's thoughts on the Mac. Uh, and I think I'm going to, I'm not going to talk about it right now because I haven't been able to use it yet. I definitely want a table for later also talking about the Apple digital health. Yeah. Uh, 
update that's happening where it will you can set timers for app usage and it'll ping you basically when your time yeah. has run up for the percentage of that app. I want to test it on my my own uh, self-control less impulsive ass before I talk about it. Um, but I Same. like the idea. So I like the idea in theory. I'm never going to turn that on ever, 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 <laughs> ever. I am going to turn it on and I'm going to try to practice willfulness. Well, Christina- I'm glad that you are. I yeah. have no self-control on that stuff. And like for me, the idea of like being app shamed, no. But as I, I need said, to be when- shamed. Yeah, maybe. To, I'm To each I'm- their own. I'm comfortable with who I am as a person, and that means I'm addicted to my technology, and I know this about myself. What I said, though, when, when Android, you know, announced a very similar feature, I, I stand by in this case, a great prank to play on your friend or significant mm-hmm. other will be to put these sorts of timers on their apps. Yeah. That I just, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> You are too cruel. Tell I mean, us- and, the, and then maybe in, even enabling the parental controls, and then that way, like that, really, I feel preventing- like that would be yeah. the most effective way because otherwise, people are gonna just they'll, they'll figure it out right away and turn it off. But but you it, with parental controls and like doing it on someone else's phone, we'll oh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see if you can successfully prank someone. Uh, I want you to tell us about Sonos because you the story you suggested today was about the Sonos Beam soundbar. Yeah, yeah. So this is exciting. So Sonos, um, who I've talked about before, I bought the Sonos um, uh, Ones, which are the Alexa-enabled Sonos um, speakers. They just announced today um, a uh, a new soundbar, and it's by Sonos standards and expensive. It's four hundred dollars, which I know a lot of people are going to be like, "That's more than my TV." And fair. Uh, but but when you consider that the other Sonos soundbars are $700, this is actually uh, very, very inexpensive. Um, but it's cool because it's, it's, a, it's a new soundbar um, that also works with Alexa and will work with um, AirPlay 2 in July. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of interesting because it's obviously, it's, it's, you know, I intended to be used as, as, a, as a soundbar, but you could use it just as a, a nice speaker in whatever room you're in. So mm-hmm. um, I think that, I don't know, I feel like this is for, for people who are kind of on the fence about getting into any sort of ecosystem or whatnot. I think this looks really good. I'm hoping to be able to, to get one, review one, because um, I I've, I've, I wanted a, a, a sound bar for my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, I like this. What's your uh, history with, with Sonos? I've used their stuff off and on for years. Like I had some of their really old stuff back in the day and I've had a couple of other things and now obviously I have the Sonos um, uh, ones mm-hmm. um, and I really love those. Um, and um, I mean, you know, I think that they kind of invented the wireless multi-room um, mm-hmm. ecosystem. Like they they kind of created that. And so I really like their stuff. I think they have really good audio quality. And I, I've been kind of debating getting a, a Playbase, which is which came out last year. And I was actually supposed to review it, and I couldn't because I didn't have enough room in my Brooklyn apartment for it. Um, because <laughs> it needed it needed like a a big physical space, like to be able to kind of put it down because it's like a, a base. And the idea is that your TV would sit on top of it, and I was like, I don't have room for this. Yeah, um, yeah, which sucked uh, hardcore. So Alex Kranz had to review it instead. It was so sad <sighs> for me. Uh, but uh, but I did get to see the demo, and I was like, man, this is awesome. But no, I really like the idea. I mean, what's great about it is that it'll work with like any app. Um, it, you know, it, it, its own app kind of supports all your various music services and whatnot. You can just send stuff to it and say, you know, go to this room or go to that room. And with the Alexa integration, 
you can just talk to it. And with the the new um, stuff, it'll work with AirPlay too. So you can use AirPlay 2 on your phone to then send things to different oh, zones. This is interesting. This is probably a little too rich for my blood, but also I I like the sound of that because my TV does a, a weird thing with its automatic sound when I play things from the PS4. And I, I'm listening yeah. to more and more podcasts just as I hang out in the house. Well, okay, I'm listening to more and more Bowery Boys when I hang out in the house <laughs> um, with my, like, small Bluetooth speaker that I kind of cart from room to room. But I like the idea of kind of killing two birds with one stone there. Obviously, yeah. a lot of people have discovered sound bars before me. Uh, <laughs> no, sound bars are good, and you can definitely get get a cheaper one than this. And I don't know what this sounds like. I mean, the the, the Verge's um, preview um, seemed to say that it sounded really good, and they work with people. And I have no reason to believe that this won't be good. Some people will be disappointed that it doesn't support things like Dolby Atmos and and whatnot. The way I look at this is, this is like this is more not. I'm not going to quite say entry level, but this is the sort of thing like you might get the play bar, the play base. For mm-hmm. your really nice TV, um, and then you get this for you know your bedroom or someplace that's not as important. If if you're somebody who's like all in on the audiophile kind of movement, I have actually heard of people Simone of using the the um, the Play Ones with their TV, and oh, I've yeah. actually hooked up to my TV as well, and it works pretty well. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I it's not going to replace a, a soundbar necessarily, but for the price anyway, um, it's quite good. Interesting. So, all right. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm hoping to get one of the. Uh, I'm, I've uh, I've asked the, the the people at Sonos if they will send me one for review. I have not received response. <laughs> if they if they say no, I will likely still buy one anyway and review it for the show. But um, I uh, I was excited by this. Shall we talk about our dessert for the day? We should because this is this is very important content. Possibly our dessert for the rest of Rocket history. I hope you're not tired of hearing about Anna Delvey because we're not done talking about her. Nope, never will be. So this is, of course, the uh, heiress scammer who was not an heiress at all, but a person who was using strategic loans to get cash and then live above her means and lie to a lot of people and hurt a lot of people. She's a scammer and I love her. In the most fascinating story of 2018. Uh, So on the outline, there is a fantastic story right now uh, by Amanda Mole about... Anna Delvey's hair. And this kind of ties into a larger conversation that's been happening about uh, the way that she looks, which usually I would be uncomfortable with, but this is directly tied to class and how class is perceived. She was portraying a very wealthy person and she dressed in a bunch of rich person clothes. And the fact that she did that in a very laissez-faire, uncoordinated way just made the illusion stronger because among, as so I hear, the wealthy, it's not necessarily about, like, there. there's not necessarily a quote-unquote classy way to dress. Like, there is a an excessive way to dress. And right. she, she looked like somebody who didn't care how she spent her money. She just had it and spent it. And that's kind of what made the illusion work. And, exactly. And this piece is pointing out that where that falls apart is the hair. Is the hair because she has split ends. Yes. And what was interesting was that in the uh New York magazine um thing, it it said, I guess, that she claimed that she went to Sally Hirschberger to get her hair done and, and the um uh whatchamacallit, 
uh, the outline piece touches on that as well, but then kind of claims, but she doesn't look like someone who would go to Sally Hirschberger. And and I I I, I loved this piece because it also talked about Elizabeth Holmes and how Elizabeth Holmes had bad hair or split ends or whatever and didn't care. And with Elizabeth Holmes, I think it's slightly different. I think that she she carried a Birkin bag, okay? And so I think anybody who is is carrying a Birkin bag around, uh, if you're not familiar with that, that is a bag from Hermes that is, um, let me find the current price because I think it's 20000 Oh, God. Um, oh, isn't there a Sex in the City episode about this bag? Uh, yes, there, y- yes, there is. Yes, there is. Okay, and it is, the, it's 16789 yeah. Okay. And and then there are some that go up as high as like three hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars for for a crocodile diamond one. Oh God! Uh, but to get one, you're basically looking at like you said, like sixteen thousand, whatever. And even getting them used, they're very very expensive. Mm-hmm. So, and, and and look, me as someone who spends money indiscriminately on lots of things, um, I I can't I can't even begin they they started uh uh yeah i i can't even begin okay, here's, to, to know here's the thing though is that hair i think is a signifier that even people not up and up on fashion can kind of perceive meaning from like if i have no, split I ends people no even if you don't know that keratin treatments are a thing you can kind of you understand something about me this sure could be like an hermes bag that costs sixteen thousand dollars or it could be like a tj maxx knockoff of it if no, i'm right. sure i i suppose all i'm saying is i think that it, i think that the argument was much stronger for anna delvey than it was for elizabeth oh holmes. yeah i agree it's, it's all, that's all i'm saying because i feel like elizabeth holmes like <laughs> definitely she she tried to kind of undercut oh i'm not in this for the money but yet she carried a birkin bag and i have absolutely no reason to think that someone with her background would be carrying a fake so, but yes. Oh, but and, I'm and saying I also, like that the, if she's trying to make an impression on, say, investors who wouldn't necessarily understand the connotations of that bag, it, I don't know yeah, if I'm making a generalization that, right? No, I just feel I like mean, a 70-year-old oh, yeah. white man investor wouldn't look at that bag and say, this b- spending some money no and and i don't think she was carrying them to the meetings necessarily yeah. like people would just notice that she would like have them at like events she would speak at oh sure but yeah. also i think uh, for her though i do wonder if the hair was almost an intentional thing where she's almost like i'm not going to get my hair done all the time because i'm so committed to my work yeah that, i think that's what, you know what i mean implying yeah which i think makes sense whereas with anna delvey they're almost calling it a question, well, you didn't actually go to Sally Hirschberger. Now, if you get in an actual point with Sally herself, apparently it's like 800 or $1,000. Now, huh. I I personally go to Sally Hirschberger uh, when I'm in New York, not Sally. Uh, I see Travis, and I think it's about $300. Oh, my God. What, what happens to you there? I mean, you, you listen to a lot of, you know, gay pop music, and... Um, they do your hair. It's, it's it's the same as any other place. And the thing is, is it expensive? Yes. But in if I can be totally candid, I haven't spent under $150 on a haircut, I don't think, ever in my entire life. How? I don't know. This is just how I was raised, Simone. I'm not really sure. Ay, ay, ay. I, 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 I know this is ridiculous and insane, but yeah. Okay. 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 It's just okay. how, honestly, it's just how I was raised. So... That that said, I do sometimes have I've had bad hair because I haven't gone in forever because I haven't been able to afford to go. And I know some people are like, we'll just go to a cheaper place. And I'm just like, well, I don't know how to do that. 
Um, you just walk in and you make an appointment, Christina. See, I'm bad at these things. But but anyway, <laughs> but 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 I do love this outline piece, which is basically like her one giveaway was that she had split ends. And I feel like that's that's adequate because like I think that she totally wearing like, you know, not the latest, greatest and kind of looking indiscriminate, new money, new what nouveau riche, whatever, like everybody will accept that. But having the bad hair, mm-hmm. I love it. What I, I like love about it. this is that it's not just like she didn't know better. The p- the point that um, Amanda's making is that if you are an idle rich person with nothing to do, you have right. time to go do this and totally. you're trying to fill your schedule. So you go exactly. get your hair done. You, that's you, your, you have your a hair, hair day. But Anna Delvey was not an idle rich person. She was busy maintaining this persona that she had crafted. Precisely. She may not have had time or in fact, the money, like if, if she's going to get her hair done, she's not entertaining people and sucking up to people and like throwing lavish dinners or begging for money at the bank. Like she just right. didn't have time exactly. for it. She was scamming or, or people. Maybe, or, may, or maybe she goes to, ha- you know, to Sally Hershberger once, yeah. but isn't going all the time for her for the touch appointments. Yeah. Because like my sister, who's not a rich person, you know, she she dyes her hair and and gets her highlights and whatnot, and her roots don't show. And she is very good about that. And it's one of the, my mom is the same way. My mom, you know, has been getting um, you know, coloring her hair since she started going gray. My mom's roots never show ever, 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 ever. It is a known thing. It is like you budget your time and your money accordingly. It is. It was one of those things. Like you go and you get it done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a very good point. She either didn't have the time or didn't have the money. And like maybe she did have the money occasionally, but not enough to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it's definitely one of those. If you 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 if if you're on that hair train sort of thing, like you keep your your ish in check. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been another episode of Rocket. Christina, what are you doing this week? Um, uh, uh, preparing to uh, go to London. So I'm going to be in London next week. So Yay. I, so I, I think I'll be able to do this show. The only thing is, we might, I might see if we can record earlier. I know that will be hard for you because you'll be at, at uh, E3. If we could record an hour or two earlier, it might be better for me because it'll be like one o'clock in the morning. Otherwise, but I'm willing to make do. Um, as long as, uh, my hotel internet is, uh, is not, you know, terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be in London for, for tech, uh, tech days, uh, UK next week. And we're going to be streaming all of the content on our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. I'm going to be the host and there's going to be a lot of really good content happening. I'm super excited. So that's what I'm preparing for. And, um, I know this is kind of a downer to kind of like in the show on, but I've been thinking a lot about Kate Spade. Um, yeah. Over the last, you know, twenty four hours or so, and and this is just kind of a, a call out there, there to anybody that if if uh, if if you're if you're feeling depressed or or need to talk to someone, there are um, a lot of really good resources out there, and you can even reach out to me on Twitter or whatever if you, if, you, if you need to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the uh, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Yeah, uh, this week I am preparing for E3, and uh, oh boy, are we going to touch base on <laughs> what we're going to do for next week's episode, because now I'm thinking about that. Um, I, I'm very, very excited to be back uh, back at E3. I think it's going to be a lot of fun this year, uh, even though we have less hosts than we did last year, but 
I love the energy that comes with big events like this. That uh, there, it's it, it feels like anything is possible, even though you're working like three times as hard as you usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited, and I'll, I'm sure I'll be brimming with all the video game news uh, next week or the week after that. Whenever I come back on the show, um, we'll figure it out. Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams and all of that. And you can find the content that I make at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And I'm not going to have a GitHub shirt on this week because I don't have one that fits. I did order one. Um, but uh, you can check out uh, my, my, my latest episode of this week on Channel 9, which we'll definitely touch on some of the GitHub stuff, will be um, airing on Yay. Friday. So check that out. Awesome. Uh, you can find me at Twitter uh, on Twitter at Doom Quasar, uh, where I will hopefully not be posting too much from E3, but I will keep it. I, I'm going to have to re-download it onto my phone so I can op- have my DMs just in case people need to contact me, which is terrible. Um, <laughs> and at YouTube.com slash Polygon, where I'm going to have some very exciting stuff going up. Certainly, like E three press conference reactions and stuff like that, and then on on Monday there I'm I ha- I have a very exciting video coming up that I can't talk about. But uh, oh, and my series is airing now. My series Yay! about game mechanics. So I had a video about Zelda, the horses in Zelda, that went up on Tuesday, basically talking about being a horse girl and why the horses in Zelda freaking rule. And then last week yeah, we they had do. a video about the axe in God of War, where we actually talked to the director of God of War and dug into the mechanics that make the axe so f- so great so fun to use uh so do check those out at youtube.com slash polygon i'm very proud of them what is uh what's the name of your show it doesn't really have a name like we're not necessarily branding it with a name right now um so i guess uh the axe one will come up if you google or if you look up on youtube the what is the axe and god of war feel so powerful kratos's axe feels so powerful and then the horse one uh we called uh why the horses in zelda are amazing i don't remember what i called it <laughs> i mean that would be a good title now what was the name that we'd come up with on rocket for your show was it simone's oh, show what was encyclopedia it encyclopedia simone encyclopedia simone so see that I'm I I don't understand why that is not the name. Shoot, that would actually be a half decent name for this See, show. It really would be. I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, and you're talking. You need you need to bring it up again. Do I do a who who who's your boss? Who's your big boss? Is it is it Ben? Ben Tara uh, Ben Kuchera yeah. is our editor or op ed director or editor. Okay, so who who's your boss? Tara Tara Long. Tara. Okay, well uh, apologies. Tara Long, uh, I can I email her and and, and suggest absolutely. Suggest, okay, so is is her email Tara at polygon.com? Yes. Okay, so so listeners of the show, <laughs> no, please, don't pl- no, my no, boss. no, 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 listeners of the show, be very respectful. This is very important. Only respectful emails, but please email Tara at poly. polygon.com and um, ask that Simone's show be titled Encyclopedia Simone. That's all you have to say. Like, be very polite. Also, thank her for all the good work that she does and that the rest of the crew at Polygon.com does. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's our show for this week. If you liked it, please review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it, too, because that's how the show gets more listeners. That's how we get to grow so that everyone becomes part of the Rocket Hive mind. 
Uh, and of course, uh, nope, those are the two things that I needed to say. Of course, this episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. There's no third person. Terminated. I don't know. That was a bad free impression. 